world. You got an ear to hear today? Hallelujah. I know we got holiday. got a few folks gone. Praise God. But you know, it only takes two of us. And Jesus said he'd show up. So we got more than two. So we're doing all right. Praise the Lord. We know we really do good if Jesus is here, right? Come on now. Praise the Lord. Smile real big at your neighbor. Say, I got an ear to hear today. How about you? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to go to the book of James, where we're going to start today. Got some things stirring in my heart. And um, we have, you know, of course, over the last, um, probably the last, you know, month and a half, two months or something, been talking about a lot of different uh, things that the Spirit of the Lord, um, you know, over the you know 30 years plus of ministry we've been involved in, Trudy and myself, um, that just some nuggets, things like that, that uh, really things that, that allow us to conquer, amen, to move forward in God, to receive, uh, as God's Word says, we can receive, and, and what that means. And so a lot of nuggets, a lot of things uh, uh, that were, uh, you know, spoke to us over the years. And uh, today I'm going to do the same thing. We're going to talk out of James chapter 4 and verse 7, a common text, and it says this, Therefore, submit to God... In other words, yield to God, amen, resist, amen, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee. Who will flee? The devil, right? So you notice here there's three individuals mentioned here in this verse. There's God the Father, there's the enemy, the devil, and then there's you, all right? Three individuals mentioned in this verse. Now, uh, for whatever it's worth, um, you know, we've done a many uh, uh, teaching on these kind of things, but... Uh, um, you know, most of life's questions get answered if you have a revelation or some understanding of who God is, who the enemy is, and who you are. Amen. A lot of times there's a lot of confusion about that, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, who God, who the enemy, and who you are, you know. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, got, got kind of, I'm going to talk about standing in a place of authority over our enemy. Uh, but uh, we got we got to kind of got to kind of build a little bit here. It says, "Submit to God." In other words, yield to God. Amen. Surrender to God. Right. Go to God. In fact, the next verse is talking about draw near to God. That's what it's talking about. So you you move toward God, but you have to resist the enemy. I said you have to resist the enemy. That means to oppose or to stand against. All right. And it says, and he will flee from you. You notice it isn't ask God to resist the devil. We're called to submit ourselves to God. Now, God will lead you. God will show you things. God will give you insight. God will give you direction as you submit yourself to Him. But it says you're the one that's called to resist. You're the one that's called to submit to God, and you're the one called to resist the enemy. And if you will do it like that, actually, if you'll do it in that order, then you have a promise that the enemy will flee from you. Literally means to flee in stark terror is what it means. Amen. Uh, but we, we, we need to get people that are yielded to God and opposing the enemy, not just laying down and let the enemy take. Are you still with me? Um, uh, the, uh, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's go to Psalms. Put Psalms 34, I believe is what I gave you back there. Uh, I, I had a bunch of different verses. I didn't know if I'd pull. I just thought I'd pull this one. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is somewhat good. He's good, isn't he? 
Come on now. Oh, taste and see. In other words, experience the goodness of God is what it's talking about there. Blessed is the man that will trust in him. All right? How many know it's good to trust in God? But how many know God is good? God is good all the time. Amen. There's a lot of confusion that happens out there. A lot of things that happen, uh, you know, the, uh, you got to understand that this is just a, a simple thing. There's simplicity in the gospel. Uh, that doesn't mean it's always easy, but it is simple. Are you still with me? God is always good. Devil's always bad. You can't confuse that. In fact, uh, Isaiah brings it out and warns people who call what's good bad and what's bad good. And we're in a society today that has a tendency to do that quite a lot. Come on, somebody. I always try to spin what's good to make it look bad and spin what's bad to make it look good. Come on. But a lot of that kind of stuff even happens in the church. A lot of times you get confused about uh, you know, things that go on in our life. So what we have a tendency to do sometimes is, is reverse uh, that uh, verse 7 of uh, uh, James 4 there. We start submitting ourselves to the enemy, and we start resisting God. And it happens, all right, through just some misunderstanding. Sometimes it's uh, uh, through complacency. Sometimes it's through ignorance. Uh, sometimes, you know, we're just, ain't, we're just not uh, applying ourselves, all right? We just kind of lay there and expect God to do something. But if you're doing that, then what happens is, is you don't know who God is. Come on now. Uh, see, you know, you're not aware of who God is, you know. And so what happens is, you know, you're, you're, you're waiting for God to do something when all along He's waiting for you to do something, which means then you probably don't know who you are. Come on now. Or something ugly's going down, and we're wondering why God is doing this when all along, you know, it isn't God. It's the enemy doing things. Now, I'm just saying it's so easy to get confused in these things, all right? Now, if we get confused, what happens is we start, then as I said, we start resisting God and submitting to the enemy. And I'm just telling you, if you submit yourself to the enemy, he don't have to submit to you. If you don't resist him, he won't, re- he won't leave. Are you still with me? You don't, he, won't, he won't back down if, you, if you're too busy giving him place. Now hang on to that. Acts 10 and 38, let's look at this verse. Put that up if you will. Acts 10, verse 38, please. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Come on now. And went about doing what? Doing good and what? Healing all who were oppressed by who? So who does the oppressing? The devil. Who does the good? Okay, there's no, there's no, there's no, you know, confusing this. Amen. So God was with Jesus, it says here. So he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the enemy. So it's God that's doing good. The enemy's doing bad. Are you still with me? Listen, there's nothing complicated about this. All right. So if all of a sudden the enemy is coming in and oppressing you, and there's sickness, there's disease, there's uh, depression, there's all kinds of things that come under that, that, that word of oppression, all right? Whenever that's happening, you have to be aware right off the bat that is not God, that is the enemy. See, and if somehow or another we're not recognizing that, okay, then what happens is now all of a sudden we're finding ourselves submitting to it, surrendering to it, instead of resisting it. Still with me. 
All right, I know I'm just building on this, okay? All right, John, uh, I didn't give him these references, I don't think, but 1 John 3 says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that He might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Not to do them, but to destroy the works. Come on now. John 14, he brings it out real clear. In fact, Philip was asking him some questions, and so Jesus made it real clear. He said this. He said, if you've seen me, that's what Jesus said. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's no confusing. Did Jesus go around putting sickness on anybody? Did Jesus go around killing people? Did Jesus go around depressing people? Did Jesus go around oppressing people? Never. Now, I'm just, just settling some things. Because if, if we don't recognize, we don't stop and say, wait a minute, that's not God doing this. That's not you know, anything. That's the enemy doing this. And if you don't recognize that, you probably won't resist it. And you might, you might have all those questions as, how come God's doing this? Or why is God uh, not taking care of this? Or how come this always happens to me? And it, that what's happening is you're, you got everything mixed up about who God is, who the enemy is, and who you are. Now, I'm not mad. You all get that, right? We just got to lay some groundwork here. Because if we're called to resist our enemy, okay, then we got to recognize who is the enemy. Because there's a lot of stuff the enemy's getting away with. You know, Trudy, that's why I enjoyed that uh, offering today is because she really brought that out in the area of even the area of finance. Some, so many times the enemy is, is coming in and stealing from people through all kinds of avenues, all kinds of things. And we somehow or another, we get uh, buffaloed or get the wool pulled over our eyes, so to speak, and think that it's somehow or another God's doing this or, or whatever, when all along it's the enemy is a stealer. Put that one up. John 10, please. Amen. Verse 10. Common, this is Jesus talking. Now, there's a lot said in John 10. A lot of times we kind of focus on this verse because to me it kind of sums it up. Okay? The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, we've done a many a service on these things and defined all this. All right? So, you know, we know in context Jesus is talking about, you know, he's the good shepherd. Come on. He's the good shepherd, all right? Okay, the enemy comes, see, the thief comes to steal, to kill, destroy. That's what he does. He's really good at it because he's had a lot of practice. All right, but Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that Zoe life, absolute life, and that they may have it even more abundantly. See, if, we don't, if we're not aware of who God is and aware of who our enemy is, we get it all mixed up, and pretty soon we're, we're mad at God. So in other words, we're resisting God, and we've submitted to the darkness. We've submitted to the stealing, killing, and destroying. So it's hard to get the enemy to back off when you, you've submitted yourself to him. Is anybody, are you following? I know, come on, I know most of you in this house, you, you, you get this, but I'm just, we got to lay some groundwork on this, all right? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come, Jesus said, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The thief comes to hinder, to take, to ruin life. Jesus said, I came to give life. 
Let's not confuse it, praise God. Hallelujah. But if you don't contend for that life, that higher life, that abundant life, guess what? If you don't contend for it, the enemy will steal it. Even though you're called to it. Let's go back to the key verse down in James 4 and 7. Okay, submit to God. So in other words, yield to God, surrender to God, draw near unto God. But you have to also resist the devil. And he will flee from you, the person resisting. Okay, it's key. Okay, let's a little bit real quick. Okay, remember, if you don't know who your enemy is, then there's a chance you may not be resisting him. The enemy is the taker of life. The word says he's the devourer. He's the adversary. He's the oppressor. We found that out earlier. He's the father of all lies. He's a deceiver. The word says he's even come sometimes even as an angel of light, which means he's a liar. Come on, somebody. And the word says he's the God of this age. He's the accuser of the brethren. It says he's also, he tries to rule this world system. He's the tempter. Are you hearing me? And we say all this not to not for you to fear your enemy. Come on, because he's a fallen, created being who has been stripped of his authority, according to scriptures. But he is really good at deception. And if he can if he can deceive you into thinking something other than the truth that he can continue to take, steal, kill, and destroy. Are you still with me? The scriptures are pretty clear. Uh, you know, like, for instance, I'll, I'll just maybe throw a couple out there. Like in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, it brings out that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if confusion is on the scene, it's not God. But if you don't resist it, confusion will continue to steal, kill, destroy. Still with me? Because if you don't resist confusion, you'll submit to it. 2 Timothy 1 says God is, uh, did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, which means fear is not from God. Ever. Which means it's from the enemy. So the enemy at times will try to deceive you through or manipulate you through fear. So when fear comes on the scene, we are called to resist it, not submit to it. Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? <clears throat> We're called to resist that. Because it's not of God. But you will find people all the time will say, well, you know, it's okay because blah, blah, blah. We got all kinds. No, what you've just done now is submitted to what you should be resisting. You got it confused. You forgot who you were. Well, who are you? Well, according to this, you're a world overcomer. You're a more than a conqueror. Now you think about that. Why does he call you more than a conqueror, a world overcomer, victorious in him, triumphant in him? Why does he say all that? Because that's who you are. 
And you're called to overcome things. You're called to resist things. You're called to uh, be victorious in things. You're called to be triumphant in things. You're called, praise God, to conquer, not cope. Still with me. We conquer. When we cope, we've submitted to it. Hmm. James 4, 7 again. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We never tuck tail and run. We always face our enemy in resistance. We don't get complacent. We don't lay down. We don't fall asleep. When the enemy is taking, stealing, killing, and destroying, you get your fanny up and you resist. Don't let him take. I'm not mad. Do I sound mad? I probably sound mad today. But I am amazed at how much the enemy gets away with. We got him coming into relationships, destroying marriages, destroying lives, destroying families, destroying churches, destroying businesses, nations. Don't get me on that one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 10, please. Luke 10. We better get into this. Luke 10. Who are you anyway? Who are you? Huh? Are you a sissified, panty waist Christian? Or somebody with authority and power? Greater is he who's in me, who's in you, than he who's in the world. You got it, what it takes. You got seeds of greatness on the inside of you. Amen. You were designed for accomplishments. Amen engineered for success, that's who you are. You are not some mere Christian. No such thing. Where it talks about when you, when you yield to the enemy in certain areas, you become, a, you become a mere man, which literally means limited. But you are no mere Christian. You are not average. You are not normal. You are not mundane. You are, hallelujah, a great child of God, an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ, with the greater one on the inside of you. Behold, Jesus said, hallelujah, I give you the authority, exousia, okay? Authority to trample, to literally put underfoot Serpents and scorpions, not that you go chasing snakes and scorpions, but just trying to show you that the same way you would put your foot down on a serpent or on a scorpion, it says also over all, 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 over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let me say, well, that happened to me one time. Listen, we've all had times. Something got, got passed, got biased, something happened. We didn't appreciate, didn't like. And we all get it. It happens. 
But if we stand our ground, we for, if we don't forget who our God is, if we don't forget who our enemy is, and we don't forget who we are, the enemy can't get by you. You will win. Come on, somebody. Scripture says in Colossians 1 and 13 that you have, past tense, been delivered from the power, the power of darkness. Whatever the enemy, that word power, literally isn't dunamis, the same word that was in that last one in, in Luke there. Same thing. So talking about whatever that kind of power or strength that the enemy seems to have or try to pull over you or to do to you, the word says you have authority over all of it. You have jurisdiction, that word means. Exousia. If you go back to uh, uh, the Luke account, please. Ex authority. Exousia. Some, some translations say power there, but it's a word, exousia. It's different than the other word, all right? But it refers to literally a jurisdiction over. Amen. You have jurisdiction over anything the enemy will try. You have jurisdiction. Why? Because you are a child of God. Because you do have the greater one on the inside. Because, praise God, you are an heir of God, which means your family and a joint heir with Christ, which is huge. You can't get around that. How, how do you get around that? Everything that was offered to him has been offered to you. Everything the word, he even said, all the works, everything that I do, you can do also. And even greater works than these. He says, well, you know, I struggle with that. Because you don't know who God is. Because you may not know who your enemy is. Because you may not know who you are. But when you know who God is, your source, your strength, your courage, your joy, come on, your righteousness, your sanctification, your redemption, Praise God. Hallelujah. Your answer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your source, who your enemy is, a liar and the father of all lies, a deceiver. When he tells you it can't be done, you ought to start rejoicing right then. Why? Because he's a liar. And if you don't know who you are, a new creation, the righteousness of God, Chosen, accepted, forgiven. Your past can't even hold you back. There is nothing the enemy has ever done to you that could hold you back from resisting him and telling him to shut up and get on out the door. Whew. Mercy. A little intense today. 1 Peter 5, please. Remember, this whole thing is just stuff that we've, you know, over the weeks here, we've been talking about all these things that and we, we had, to, had to get a hold of. If you're going to conquer in life, you've got to get a hold of some of these kind of things. not going to conquer if the enemy is constantly stealing from you. This here, be sober, be vigilant. The word sober here means not under the influence of another. Like if somebody was... Alcohol, had an alcohol problems. Some of they say, well, he's sober. That means he's no longer under the influence of that alcohol or those drugs or whatever it is. But it means anything. So you stop and you think about here. It could be anything. Things people say, 
stuff the enemy does, stuff the enemy says, uh, things that go on, circumstances, situations, issues, all that kind of stuff can literally somehow or another hold sway, a hold over you. But here, if you're not under the influence of any of it, that's why he says, be sober, be vigilant or watchful. Why do you think he's telling you this? Because you have to be. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary makes it clear, the devil. Well, pastor, I think you're giving way too much credit to the enemy. No, we're not. We're trying to expose him. Too many Christians are letting the enemy in and they just let him have the driver's seat. They just let him move into the master, master bedroom. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Doesn't say he is, but he tries to manipulate. Think, trying to show you he's bigger than he really is. The scriptures are very clear, amen, that one day you will see him for who he is and you will all say this, oh my gosh, this is the one who's manipulated the nations? This is the one that held me under? This little pipsqueak is the one that controlled my life? Well, let's not wait till we get to heaven to see all this. Let's wake up to it now. He has no right taken from you. Somebody says, well, you know, I, I, I opened the door for it. Well, you probably did. Well, then shut it. We're not denying the existence of things going on. We're not denying that maybe he slid in through a mistake or slid in through some, you know, whatever, you know. What, what we are denying is it's right to control you. That's when you stop and you go, wait a minute, shut up, devil. Back off. My God is my provider. My God is my healer. My God is my deliverer. My God, praise God, is my wisdom. My God is my joy. My God is my courage. My God is my all in all, praise God. I will not come under the influence of anything you say, devil, so back off. Hallelujah. He comes about like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. That's when you say, you may not hear. Remember our key verse. Amen. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit to God, resist your enemy, and he will flee. Okay, go back to that verse again. Okay, be sober, be vigilant. Praise God, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Just try this with me real quick. Just say, he may not hear. Now, what did you just do? That's called resistance. See, sometimes... You know, resistance, we have to understand, as I said earlier, it's not complicated. It is simple to resist. It may not always be easy because of everything going on. 
But it is a simple thing. It's not hard to say, shut up, devil. Back off. I refuse to submit myself to you. Somewhere we got to stand up and say, enough is enough. You are not going to steal, kill, or destroy in my house anymore. Way too much of yielding to the enemy. Are you still with me? Somebody said, well, I'm waiting for God to do something. Then you forgot about who you are. Because he gave you dominion and authority. He made a way. He empowered you. The price has been paid that no matter what it is trying to hinder you has already been, has already been dealt with. All of it's been put behind. Everything, anything that you could have ever done has been dealt with. It will not hold you back unless you let it. And there ain't a person in this room or watching or listening by podcast that hasn't blown it once or twice or a hundred times. Come on now. We've all blown it. We've all done things. We've messed up, slipped up, uh, was uh, you know ignorant to something, and it somehow he got the, the upper hand on us. Talking about the enemy. We've all been there. But once you recognize, amen, I have to resist, then you have to resist. You don't just lay there and go, I don't know why God doesn't get the devil off my back. Because it ain't his place. You forgot who he is, you forgot who your enemy is, and you forgot who you are. He gave you dominion. It's you who resists. God will not receive for you, and he will not resist for you. That is your job. That's why he said you submit to him. You resist the enemy. And if you will get those things down, amen, I guarantee you the enemy will flee. Enough's enough, child of God. How much are you going to let him keep stealing? Well, you know, this is going on in my house. Stop it then. Take a stand. Well, that's why I'm telling you, pastor. Listen. I appreciate our prayer teams. Amen. You know that you have a pastor that does pray every morning, every morning, and every evening. And a few times during the day. Okay, you have a pastor or pastors who do that. Praise the Lord. And we call out your name from time to time. Some of you very often. But the point is this. It's still your household. You have authority and dominion over your household. We can cover you to a degree. But if you want the devil out of your house, that's your job. Because I can somehow pray certain things and get get him to back up or to loosen grip. But if you're going to keep letting him in the door, Years ago, I had a, um, this, I was just, I think I was, I don't know if I were maybe college age or something like that. And uh, we were having a, a blizzard. And uh, um, 
Judy was in town that day. So we were at the house and we were, uh, we weren't married yet, but we were loading up wood. My folks were gone or something for a, a trip they had and they were coming back that day. So I was trying to load up the, the wood out of the wood pile to put in for the fireplace. And uh, this little mouse said, I think it's warmer in your house than out here. So we went out, got wood, hauling wood in, and all of a sudden we noticed this little mouse jumping from footstep to footstep in the snow, you know, jumping. And he, it was like he didn't care if we saw him. He's like, I'm getting to where it's warm. So he's, you know, trying to get to the house, follow us into the house, and, you know, it's like, well, you can go, aw, that's so cute. Let's let him in. How many would say, let's just let him in? None of you? Even some of my, yeah, <laughs> call the cat. Here we go. No, none of you would let the little mouse in? Well, how rude, how mean. Squish you. The point is this. Hey, none of you going to let that little, little mouse or that rat in. Come on. Because he has no place in my house. If I let him in my house, we could have trouble. Come on. Now, they, nobody disagrees with that. I love that. I love to have a congregation. Nobody disagrees with that. Whether you're an animal lover or not, nobody says, let the little mouse in. Well, it's the same thing with the enemy. Don't let that enemy in. Amen. So we did, you know, I think uh, we think Trudy booted him, got it, kicked him or something. He flew off into the some little snow drift or something. I don't know. I don't even know. If, poor little thing. He made it worse for himself there, didn't he? The point is this, amen, okay? Nobody's going to stop and be okay with that. If somebody come up to your house and said, I'm coming in, I'm taking all everything you got, you can say, uh, have you ever met Tommy 12-Gauge? I have a Louis, Louisville slugger right here. Have you ever, you ever seen what the other, other side of the bat feels like? Somebody says, you are just so aggressive. Listen, ain't nobody going to stand there and let some real thief Come up, knock on your door, and say, let me in. I'm taking everything you got. Ain't none of you going to do that. But we let the enemy do it all the time. Comes in, he steals, he kills, he destroys. And all it would have took was, in the name of Jesus, back off. Come on now. Now, there's all kinds of ways to resist, and we've done full series on that. So you get a chance, you go in there and you find, look up resisting the enemy or something, and you're going to find probably series after series of how to do that. Amen. Let's look at another verse here. Uh, let's look at uh, Romans 16. Still with me? Are you still with me? Or did I shut you down? I lost him with the mouse. He's so mean to niceies. Trudy was. Trudy was mean to that mouse. Yeah. Romans 16, verse 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The word shortly literally means in a brief span of time, quickly, speedily, or in haste. That doesn't mean that someday, you know, it means someday in the near future. No, he's talking about right away. This is going to happen right now. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Praise God. The God of peace will crush Satan where? Under your feet, which means you have to be involved. Now, God will help you. God will direct you. God will show you. That's why we submit first to Him. 
He'll walk you through it. Sometimes it's just something so simple. Sometimes, sometimes it's just a matter of casting down that vain imagination. Let go of the care, whatever it is. I cast the care on you. Might be just, might be just the ticket. It all of a sudden, that's a form of resistance. The word talks about, praise God, that you have a fight. The fight of faith, it's called. Amen. First Timothy 6 brings out real clear that it's a fight of faith. How do you do it? You get your mouth involved. You got to say what he says. Not what everybody else is saying, not what the enemy's saying, not what your supposedly where your mind, you know, is running down some negative road. You can't let your mouth go to those things. You have got to stand and oppose the enemy. It is a fight, but you got to do it. Ephesians 6, put on the armor of God. Why do you put the armor on? Because it's a fight. You got an enemy. And if you don't put the armor on, he's going to win in those areas of your life. You got to fight. This whole thing's about a fight. Somebody said, well, I thought when I got saved, it was all going to be peaches and cream, man. I thought everybody, my life would get perfect and, and all the evil stuff would go away. People would leave me alone. The enemy would leave me alone. You won't find that in the book. But what you will find, that if you will submit yourself to him and resist your enemy, he will flee. But you have to do your part. Are you still with me? Am I boring you today? I hope not. Praise the Lord. The Word says you overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony, and loving not your lives even unto death. Amen. You're the one that wins, that overcomes, that conquers. Amen. You're the one that prevails. You're the one, amen, who walks in victory. He's already paid a price for it. He's already laid it out there for you. He's given you all the tools that you need. You got the word of God. You got the Holy Ghost. You got a mouthpiece. Come on, somebody. You got the name of the Lord. Come on. We can go on and on and on. All these tools that have been given to you, amen, the scriptures are real clear. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in the heavens. Praise God. That means no uh, principality, power, ruler of the darkness of this age or spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places has any right over you. None. You have authority. Jesus paid a price so you could have that authority. He said, all authority has been given unto me both in heaven and earth. Now you go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You now, you take that and you now go with that. I've given you keys of the kingdom. Take them. Go have dominion on planet earth. One more reference. Let's look at another reference here. Let's go to Mark 16. Kind of kind of started quoting part of that. Actually, I think I quoted out of Matthew's account, but here's Mark's account of it. How many know the Great Commission? Well, the Great Commission is all about soul winning. No, it's not all about soul winning. It's a big piece of it. Go into all the world, what? And preach the gospel to every creature. Come on now. 
He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Praise the Lord. He who doesn't believe will be condemned. In other words, it ain't going to be good for him. And these signs will follow those who, any believers in the house. Praise the Lord. In my name, first thing, in my name, first thing, in my name, they will cast out demons. So part of the Great Commission is taking dominion over the demonic realm. That's on you. That's on me. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. Even if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. And they'll lay their hands on the sick, and the sick recover. All of these things are things that a child of God can walk in that kind of dominion and that kind of authority. I didn't say go chasing a bunch of snakes again. I'm going to bring that out. Come on. But it just means it doesn't matter however the enemy tries to come at you. You have authority over it. First thing it mentions, though, back there in verse, uh, is it 17? Verse 17, keep going. Uh, nope, verse 6, that's it. Yep, and they will, in my name, in my name. So it's just, again, it's showing you how, how to, amen, resist here. In my name, they will cast out demons. Now, you think about prayer. Uh, it's, this is more than just prayer. It's just you can just take a stand and say, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, you foul thing. Get out of here. You lie from the pit of hell. Get out of here. What's that? You're starting to resist. Amen. Now we know prayer. Think about prayer. Uh, prayer is about communion with heaven and about dominion on earth. If you look at prayer, that's what prayer is. You go to the model prayer, and then all that is is an outline form of what prayer should kind of consist of. It's what it is. But it's all about communion. It's about this relationship and then about dominion right here. All about dominion. Take dominion. Stop playing patty cake with the devil. Stop laying down and being complacent. Rise up. Get out of my house, you foul spirit. You lie from the pit of hell. Move on in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over my marriage, over my family, over my kids, over my grandkids. I plead the blood over my nation, over my church. What are you doing? Resisting. Instead of going around, I just don't understand why everything bad always, everything's just so, everything's so bad, nothing ever Hush! Use this weapon against the enemy. Not against yourself and not against your God. Because when you start talking the problems, you have just resisted God and submitted to the enemy. Which is complete reversal. He continues to steal, kill, and destroy them. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. James uh, 5 brings out, praise God, amen, that when you will just get into prayer and do your part, not only a communion before God, amen. Now listen, not only communion before God, let me say it again, not just communion. Some of you, it's just all about right here. And that's wonderful. That's where it starts and that's where it ends, right here. But don't forget, the cream filling. Take dominion. 
And some of you are wasting way too much time on repentance. You're beating yourself up for the mistakes that you've made. Repentance is a good thing. But once you repent, move on. Get the devil out of your house. Word says this, if you will keep yourself and guard yourself. It's what 1 John 5, you go take time, go look it up. It says the evil one cannot touch you. That's a promise. So there's just certain things. If you will resist, amen. If there are certain things that you think, okay, I blew it, I made a mistake, repent, get it right, then move on. But get the enemy out. If you don't get the enemy out, you're going to be repenting again tomorrow and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and you'll waste all your prayer time on repenting. Because you didn't take the time to run the enemy out. Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Did you get something today? Give the Lord praise. Come on, somebody. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.